Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On Headstrong, we are very pleased and proud to be partnered with the CBD brand, The Good Level. Now, I've been taking CBD for about 18 months to maintain my mental well-being, But it's been very difficult to find a brand that I can trust because there's so many faceless foreign brands out there and you're not sure what you're buying or how it's sourced. Luckily, I found two guys, Joe and Johnny, who have created this wonderful brand called The Good Level. What's so great about these guys is that they support British farming. Many brands import their CBD from America, but The Good Level say they don't rely on the methods by farmers that they've never met nor the farms that they've never seen. They have a really close relationship with their farmers who are in Somerset, meaning they know how their product is produced from start to finish. They're the first CBD company I found who put a face on the brand and they're transparent with the whole process of how they create their products. And they've even got their own podcast where they look at the latest research on CBD. To check them out, go to their Instagram at the.good.level and drop them a message if you want to find out more about CBD. And for 15% off their products, use Headstrong15 on their website for checkout. and welcome to this bonus episode of Headstrong. My name is Louis Strong and I host this podcast. Headstrong is a podcast where I sit down with a number of people who are in the public eye to talk to them about their life, their careers, their experiences, their highs and their lows to understand what the word Headstrong means to them. This series, I am also very lucky and very proud to be sponsored by The Good Level. The Good Level are a premium CBD company based here in the UK, and I will explain a little bit more about them later on in the podcast. On this bonus episode of Headstrong, I was joined by the wonderful Hayley Hasselhoff. Hayley and I sat down shortly after the release of her 
Playboy magazine shoot. She was the first plus-size model to ever be on the cover of Playboy magazine, which was absolutely monumental. We chatted about this and how important it is to talk about body positivity. We also talked about growing up and also using drama at school as an escape. And we chatted about some advice that she might give to some young people going through some challenging times. I really hope you enjoy this episode of Headstrong. Hayley, thank you so much for joining me on Headstrong. How are you today? I'm good. I'm feeling really happy and I'm excited to, um, to speak with you. Wonderful. I mean, we're talking now at the very beginning of May, shortly after the release of your Playboy magazine shoot, which has indeed made history. And you are in, in the specific terms, the first ever plus size model to cover the Playboy. Now, how does that sound when you hear it back? You know, it's so funny because when you do a job, I think necessarily you do it for your own personal purposes, but you also, you know, think to yourself how it's going to reflect to others. And as somebody who has championed body positivity since I was a teenager, to know that I was given the opportunity to be a leading force for women to be able to see that they were valued, they were seen, they were desired, they were wanted during a global pandemic in the European market in which you would think by 2021, we would have already had a curve model grace the cover of somebody as iconic as Playboy. Mm. Um, it just feels so empowering, so, so right. And I just feel really grateful that it's starting to reopen the conversation and that reminding people that the conversation about body positivity is ever evolving. It's not just a one-stop shop. It's a conversation that needs to always continuously be reminded to others that we evolve within our bodies, we evolve within our life, and we evolve within our surroundings. And right now we're definitely evolving within our surroundings. And I think this cover symbolizes a lot to um, women and people in general that you are able to celebrate your body in whatever way feels most authentic to you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, did you understand the the impact of what this meant to not only you, but your followers, but also just in general to that wider world at the time of the actual shoot? Because as you say, and for a long time now in your life, you're an advocate for uh, inclusivity. And this is exactly that. And it represents so much more. But as you say as well, there's this other part of it where you think, why has it taken so long? I mean, I definitely think that, you know, going into the shoot, there was a, a piece of the bigger movement, you know, for my own self being 28 years old now to shoot in this artful, tasteful way. I think it did include a sense of, um, you know, me and my team to talk about the bigger movement in itself and what this actually meant for the curve movement. But beyond that, I don't just look at it as symbolizing something for curve women. I think it symbolizes for anybody who wants to be unapologetically themselves. I always say that the fight for curve is really just a fight for equality for all. It's a fight for being able to say that we are wanted, we are seen, we are valued, no matter who we are, but we are able to sin in our groundedness in who we are. So, you know, I, I do think that, the, that during the time of the shoot, I had my own challenges that I had to face. I mean, with this idea of radical acceptance of shooting something like this during, you know, we were in lockdown when I was previously in London. Then we went over to Paris to shoot it during lockdown over there. There were a lot of other challenges that we faced throughout doing a shoot like this that also 
I think allowed me to dive deeper within my own self-acceptance and to remember the purpose as to why I was here today and, and the hope that obviously it would just reach one person. I think in anything that I do in my life, it's necessarily, of course, you want it to reach the masses. Of course, you want it to be a part of breaking barriers. But as long as they can reach one person, you know you've done a good job for that day. Absolutely. Now, I do want to kind of cast your mind back just before to, I mean, I'm sure the idea was in, in, in the works for a long period of time, but let's talk about Playboy in general. What were your immediate thoughts when the idea came to fruition? Because I know that some people would hear the word Playboy and probably have a preconceived idea of what it means and what it stands for, what it, whereas now what it actually represents is probably far greater than than that very specific idea you know playboy's changed a lot over the course of the past years and it's really been uh being able to stand for empowering women and shot in such an artful and tasteful way i mean even looking at the magazine right now you know i obviously am gracing through the other editorials of the centerfolds and i'm looking at this going like oh my god that woman should her body so beautiful and why aren't we celebrating just bodies like it's to take away the subjectifiedness with it being something that has to do with something sensual and taking the artfulness of a body and how beautiful it is when we start to celebrate our home and our vessel and i think you know playboy stands for such a different representation today and in i think really just if you break down like society standards of beauty you think of playboy as really sort of a leading force in what women may uh, uh, adhere to what society standards of beauty is so to know that they are making that wave into showcasing that that beauty does come in all different shapes and sizes and we're breaking that barrier of saying that you can be beautiful and society thinks you're beautiful um through that message i think is really where we we wanted to to lead with you briefly mentioned just before that, that you had your own personal barriers to overcome before this shoot and indeed whilst yeah. on set. So what were your emotions on set and what was that feeling that you were going through? Was that apprehension, excitement? Just talk me through that kind of moment on set and the, you know, the day. You know, I wear so many different hats. I'm an actress. I, you know, I, I was working for Good Morning America as the resident style host. I worked for Mary Claire. I mean, I, the list literally goes on. And so I think in that period of moment, you do sort of go like, okay, it's just going to be perceived in the way that I hope that it's going to be perceived. And you, you worry and, and you're, just, you're an actor, you get it, you know, you do things and you, you know, we have an idea of, of wanting to create what we want to create and hopefully get the, the reaction that we hope for. And for me, I knew that I was doing it for a bigger movement, but there was definitely a moment of going like, oh, wow, okay, we're doing this. Um, but, you know, when that moment ever came in, it was, wow, but wait, hold on. The reason that you are doing this is because of this moment in general. To allow women and people in general to be able to understand that you have every right to celebrate your body and whatever feels authentic to you. And to me in this moment, I knew it was for a bigger movement in itself. And I, you have to remember, we did shoot, shoot it with somebody as iconic as Ellen Von Unworth. I knew that I was in beautiful hands. You know, she shoots from a female gaze and a very cinematic approach. It was really the story of the celebratory her, right? What did her feel like during this evening? How did she want to celebrate her stuff from going from each setup to next setup? And so it was really a playful time. Now put another layer on top of it that we were doing this during the global pandemic. So you have to remember a lot of us haven't been on set with creatives in a couple months because of restrictions. So it felt as if we were in this mystical little bubble. We were finally able to create not only just because of our love for the arts, but also the love for being able to celebrate a woman and her figure. And it was all very, very tasteful. And, and 
very much done in an artful way. And I, I just, I really look back on the day and I feel so blessed because, you know, people don't give, I think, Playboy enough credit. They are so amazing with making whoever they shoot with feel comfortable, feel collaborative, feel like they're part of the process. And to then, you know, trickle Ellen on top of it was just such a beautiful, a beautiful team. And I, I feel really grateful to, to do it with such, such prominent people that have a great hand on, on this industry. And as we know now as well, it's, it is a fantastic start to, you know, what, what the move, the, it's not even not the start of the movement by any means because it's just the first cover that we now know about for sure. But what can we do then to continue this conversation of inclusivity? And indeed, how might you be able to utilize your platform platform hereafter? You know, inclusivity, I think, really starts with also just brands being able to understand mm. the uh, average size woman in the world is a size 14, 16. So when you design for... Um, your collections and you stop at a size, let's say in the UK, right? Normally you guys stop at a size 16, 18. You're basically what you're projecting out to that woman is that she is not designed for. And that can start to feel like, you know, necessarily she's not welcome to the fashion party. She's not welcome to express herself through fashion and feel comfortable within her own skin. So I think in my opinion, it's really about, you know, knocking down those doors and really asking for more availability when it comes to size inclusivity. It also, you know, brings me back to this great topic of, of course, May is mental health awareness month you know my relation to my body image has always been my relation to my mental health and my mental well-being and i think destigmatizing the conversation like having conversations like this with you here today on your podcast and more allows for a more welcomed idea behind accepting people for being themselves and also accepting people for looking and feeling different than who they are all I hope for this cover is you don't need to agree with it. You don't need to think that this is the right step forward. All I hope is for anybody to ever always just be able to become opinionated about it because then it knows that the conversation is starting to circulate around your mind and making you feel like, oh, wow, these are normal conversations to have. I definitely agree. And what I will say is huge congratulations to you on it. Um, I'm, sure, you. I'm sure that it was, as you say, a now on reflection, a fantastic experience to have been involved with. And that it would probably felt so much more special as well. Now you can reflect on it as well. So yes, huge congratulations. Thank you. Now, when I was prepping for this episode, I came across a wonderful initiative that you started during lockdown that I hadn't seen before. Um, and it was called Check In With You. And now without wanting to explain it to the listener at all, I want to check in with you. How are you doing <laughs> right now? I'm I'm. Okay. I think, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I, this weekend, I definitely feel like I've felt in my emotions a bit and I've allowed myself to sort of validate them and to give myself permission to have a couple hours to find ways to connect back to me. And I think that, you know, on those days in which I have those moments or uh, feel a bit more challenged within my emotions, it reminds me of the beauty that I got to be given this past year by creating things like redefine you and check in with you because it reminded me that I'm human, that actually it's so much more freeing to be able to speak openly about how you're feeling and that there's so much strength in being vulnerable. And so you remind yourself even on those challenging moments with yourself, that it's okay to be vulnerable with yourself right now. It's okay that you're feeling this way. And let's use that toolbox that you talk so often about. And let's put it to good use. 
You completely just captured what headstrong as a podcast means. That's really, really <laughs> wonderful. I completely agree. Physical and mental well-being are so important and come hand in hand. I'm incredibly proud to be sponsored by the CBD brand, The Good Level, who have well-being at the very forefront of what they do as a company and a brand. They offer CBD oils, balms and jellies, all of which are full spectrum and extracted by a cold press. Their oils are all made with extra virgin olive oil from Kalamata, and that makes them so much tastier than any other that I've tried before. Their balms have a fantastic smell as well, and are great to use on your skin or any pain you're experiencing. And of course, their jellies taste so great for any sweet tooths. They also have a commitment to sustainability, pledging to plant at least 500 trees every year, along with ensuring all their packaging is recyclable. So if you want to check The Good Level out, go to their Instagram page at the.good.level where you can find out all about their products. And if you'd like a discount, feel free to use Headstrong15 at checkout on their website. Now, since the pandemic has kind of begun, though, I mean, of course, there's, there are far greater issues uh, in the world that we are surrounded around and we're very fortunate and lucky people. But you, of course, your life has changed dramatically in the sense that you were going from kind of 10 flights a month and a variety of countries to almost a standstill and, and a change to your normal life and, you know, meetings via technology like this became the new norm. And what were your immediate kind of reactions from kind of a, a, a mental perspective and, and your feelings at that start of lockdown when kind of things came to a halt? I couldn't sit still. <laughs> I mean, mm. like, I, I uh, you know, 10 flights a month for probably for the past eight years of my life. And that was something that I chose as well. You know, I think there were people around and they were like, slow down. I was like, keep going. <laughs> and, you know, and I was just like, I enjoyed it to the uttermost degree. So when the first half of lockdown, I actually came over to LA just to work on a project and then was going to fly back to the UK and then sort of got stuck here. And my, um, unfortunately, thankfully my mom's okay, but she, she got COVID. And so I had to go and stay with a girlfriend. And it was this feeling of, you know, there was so much unsettlingness of so much going on around me. And I sort of said to myself, how can I help? Right? What can I do to actually give back in this moment? And what conversations do I feel are valuable to be able to be had? And I think as artists, we deal with the fear of the unknown as a part of our professional lives. It's just mm -hmm. a piece of who we are. And so I thought to myself, well, let me hit up some of my, you know, friends that are in the industry and let's have these authentic conversations about ownership to self and our mental health journey. And many of us in which have been told for many years from our PR, from our, you know, plans that, you know, necessarily you don't speak about certain things in your, your journey to get to your triumph. So I really wanted to give back to a community of people who may have been furloughed or who may have lost their job for the first time of saying that, you know, we as artists have been through this and walk alongside anxiety and still have to show up at set. Let me try and give you some tips of the trade that may possibly inspire you to feel like they work within your toolbox. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that my mental well-being went straight into putting my passion to purpose and allowed me actually to have something that helped myself through this pandemic because speaking openly for the first time about my mental health journey with a community of friends and doing it through a platform to hopefully just help one person who may be going through something during this time. Um, yeah. I mean, it helped me. 
I, I don't think I personally would have been able to just sit back and, and, you know, watch the world move around me. I knew that I needed to sort of do something for myself. And I feel really grateful that I was able to do something in which internally helped me as well. Because, you know, when you speak openly about your own issues, you know that you're not there alone and it actually can hopefully in return help another. Definitely. I'm curious to ask you from what you've said there, you felt like that you couldn't sit still and you couldn't slow down when you kind of did have life at 100% and it was all go. How did you find time to acknowledge your own feelings and kind of acceptance? Because as you say, sometimes you might just wake up and you're just having one of those days, which is of course normal and fine, but you've got, you know, a full schedule in. How do you make sure that you give yourself those kind of 10 minutes where you're like, or, you know, even if it's an hour, however long it is, and you just got to prepare yourself or just make sure that you do acknowledge those feelings. Did you give yourself that time? Oh, definitely. You know, I do a lot of um, art in the past, as I say, um, because of obviously, you know, you look at a past year of like in the past. Yeah. Um, when I was, when I used to do a lot of live shows, it would be a lot of, you know, flying in and flying out. And so I think that those days would sometimes be the ones where I'd wake up a bit more exhausted and, my, my emotions may, you know, take a hold of me. And so that nervousness, which always means in my perspective, our careers is nervousness, nervousness really turns into the fact that we care, right? So um, I sit there and I'm caring so much and I'm like, okay, girl, what can you do for yourself right now to calm yourself down and trust that you are, you are present, that you are here, that you are worthy in this moment. And I, I carry around things with me that help. So I have like a little singing bowl that I've always carried around with me. Essential oils have always been a really great thing. I've got Paula Stanford like right in front of me right now. Um, You know, I find ways in which I'm able to connect back to my being. And a lot of it is prepped the night before. So I'll do a really good meditation and put an affirmation into some crystals. I usually will then bring the crystals with me onto set the next morning. And whether you believe in crystals or not, for me, it's really just about putting an affirmation and intention into something that you feel it walks alongside you. So that could be anything. That could be, you know, the same symbolization as somebody saying that I've got a lucky shirt or I've got, you know, a lucky pair of glasses. It's like crystals to me are that same thing of, you know, putting my intention of what I want the day to project and kind of that um, security net for me to always remember that I have that trust in myself, no matter what else is stirring up inside me. It sounds like you just give yourself a lot of purpose and you've got to devote time to it. Cause as soon as you neglect your thoughts to your feelings, that's when big things just start to become a little bit disorganized, a little bit hectic. And then when, if some, if something does happen the, the next day and you're unprepared, that's when things can go wrong and go downhill. So I feel like you're, you're in, all in the preparation. Yeah. I mean, and I think that it was preparation in which I didn't even realize so much so that I was doing it. It was natural, you know, like mm. I feel like I look back and it just was like a piece of me. I've, yeah, I, I start like I, even from my set trailer when I was like 17, I'm like looking back in my head right now, like identifying and going like, you know, I had saved that, that, that trailer. I had candles in that trailer. You know what I mean? It was just like a part of who I've always been. Yeah. I think as I got older, I started to actually understand what these actually symbolize. And now I'm able to vocalize it and have a better vocabulary with understanding how to express my mental health journey and the things that have helped me along the way. And I think that's what's brought me into this beautiful synergy of this past year. It's allowed me to really uh, 
speaks to a, a different understanding of being able to de- describe what's been going on inside for so many years and how I've always worked alongside it. Um, but it still is the same true today. You know, I think we were all spending still a lot of time inside, even though lockdown is still being lifted. There's social anxiety that's being stirred around. There's, you know, the fear of, um, you know, getting back to what people may say is normal. And I think, it, you know, we're always going to be evolving with the way of things are going to help us. And I'm learning every day with what I need. And I think that's a great reminder to anybody who may be listening and, you know, get, pat yourself on the back for even just being curious to find something that may have served you in this moment. Yeah, it's really, really important. And I feel like that actually from what you're telling me and from what I kind of know about you and what my research has found out is that when the pandemic happened, you wanted to use your enthusiasm for this to create, you know, these these little platforms that you have made and get people talking about it and just stir the enthusiasm and just get people talking because there's power and vulnerability. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more of like, you know, Redefine You was really just a little passion project. I mean, I've never really used my audience on my Instagram. It was sort of just something that sat there. And then it was like the first time I've actually like spoken uh, openly. And it's now finding a different platform at home, which we can speak about later. But it's, you know, it's, it to be honest with you, it, it just for my own mental well-being and for anybody like do something that feels good to you and mm, definitely. Me, stimulating my mind is something that feels good to me like that i really do believe by the three m's that's like movement mental engagement and mindfulness and that my that mental engagement i mean i need that every day all day like i'm for like and and i will create it if it's not created in front of me so at the end of the day, I, you know, I live off of good conversations and being able to uh, help validate somebody in who they are, because there is so much worth in each and every one of us. And, and I can see that, you know, and I want people to feel like they're seen and they're heard and that their their stories, no matter how big or small, they hold value in this world. So, you know, having those sort of conversations just it fueled my soul and it helped me and um in return hopefully it helps another so sure it does absolutely now you we just touched on it there then we're going to talk about the social media side of things if we can Mm. because of course over the last 18 months social media and just technology has proved invaluable as a tool for communication and staying in touch and work and so forth but it can also be a driving force for negativity as well i'm just curious to know what your approach is with social media and your relationship to it and how you feel about social media? Well, it's definitely changed over this past course of the year. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think that social media, if used correctly, can be a great area for you to find your niche in your community. I think that it allows for us to tap into so many different cultures and communities and allows you to find a place where you feel accepted. If you may not feel accepted in your physical surroundings, you can then feel accepted through, you know, a social surrounding. So there actually are a lot of amazing positives when it comes to social media. But I think the the negative part of social media is that you can get sucked into, um, living in a state of judgment and comparison. And I think when it comes to, and I'm not talking about my own personal journey, I'm talking about, I think for anybody, 
uh, it's interesting because my personal relationship with social media, to be honest with you, is different how I'm trying to project it in this point of view of uh, how it can positively help and obviously negatively affect as well. And I think the negative, the negative part of it as well is the comparison and when it comes with that, it's about being able to control your expectations when you open the app itself. So when you open the app, you start to understand, okay, I know what I'm about to put myself into. And do mm -hmm. I follow the correct type of people that are going to make me feel uplifted and positive? Or do I follow people that have me go down a deep spiral of comparison, right? Yeah, that's what so it boils I've, down to is the comparison. Yes. So I've, you know, been really good with social media since it started, to be honest. Um, you know, I've always looked at it sort of as a platform. I've always followed people that I only knew. And I really kind of still naively made it a platform of like sharing with my friends and my family and whoever else kind of wanted to join. And then, <laughs> um, you know, over the course of the years, I think it, it projected more into allowing people to have this open dialogue with you and your advocacy and what you wanted to project out there. And I think over this past year, it's been the first time where I've really been able to have such a positive relationship on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I mean, I'm so blessed that I've done so many different makeover platforms for, you know, Good Morning America and this morning where I get to work with women one-on-one -on -one in that capacity. And it allowed me this past year to realize, oh, wait, I can work with one woman one-on-one -on -one not even just in a physical way for, you know, uh, a makeover on TV, but also in a way of just uh, speaking to them through my social platform. So it, um, it's been a, a lovely experience for me to keep that eye opening. But I do think that you have to sort of monitor your relationship with social media and how it serves you and how it, it can be a disservice to you. I think you've certainly captured there what your kind of like what your relationship with social media is then but in a similar breath social media provides that place for kind of expression and you know you do control ultimately what you show and how do you tackle that part of it then because privacy comes into it and what you want to show and share can kind of make you know whoever is looking at your platform you know see and believe what they think is reality so how how do you tackle that I'll be completely blunt with you, yeah? Yeah, go for it, please. I uh, hate the fact that social media defines one piece of who you are. I hate it. Mm. I think that there's so many layers to us as beings and people, and uh, you get caught in that aspect of it, just that, that somebody goes to your page and thinks that they have an idea of who you are, when in fact, there's so many other layers to who you are, but you are showing that one piece. I don't take social media too, too heavy. You know, I, it's not like I, I really am not somebody who posts something and then goes back and checks it again and then relooks it and then whatever. It's like, I, I put it out there and yeah, life moves on, you know, and I put it out there with purpose in, in different respects, sometimes in purpose of trying to be able to amplify a conversation that I think is important to me and important for others to look within themselves with, you know? Um, so yeah. yeah, I think I think what you say is completely correct. You just can't take it at face value because if you're taking it at face value, you've you're yeah. completely misinterpreting the actual reason of what it's there for. Because if you're mm -hmm. to take everything at face value, you don't know what is behind the camera. You know what I mean? It's like when you're mm -hmm. shooting a film or shooting a TV show. It is there. It's not a depiction of reality. It's telling. Is there to tell something? It's telling a certain mm -hmm. part of something. It's not an actual the definition of reality. Now, it's a really, really interesting point that you make there. 
Now, I want to cast your mind and your thoughts back then to growing up and your teenage years then, because mm. I want to know your kind of relationship with your mind and where you started to kind of actually understand and learn about your, your kind of your own self and be in touch with your own kind of mental health. And I'm just wondering where that started with you. I think I think I've always had a sense of self-awareness uh, at a very young age. I also really enjoyed being different. You know, that was something that I think I always strove for growing up. And whether it was going to, you know, obviously uh, call me out a bit more, it definitely made me feel a bit more uh, celebrated because I liked being unique. I liked being an individual. And... Um, creativity has always been a piece of me since I was very, very young. You know, I think my family always knew that I was, I was always going to go into something creative because I couldn't sit still and trying to read a book for the life of me. <laughs> um, but you know, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. And that's fun. I look back and I go, well, you know, we always knew she was going to end up somewhere here, but at least we've got into a good space. Um, no, I, I, you know, what, what, what do you want to know? What's your upbringing like? As, out of curiosity, where are you from? Oh, I was born, born in London and raised in, raised in kind of the home, the home counties of England, I suppose. And I went to, went to um, school, pretty standard, pretty standard, I would, I would <laughs> say. Um, but I think that from, a, well, from a personal perspective, it's just like my relationship yeah. with school is where it started because I got bullied at school, and that's where I became. Mm you know, I spent, ended up spending a lot of time in my room and spending a lot of time on my own. And that's when, you know, I had invasive thoughts. And I think that's yeah. where I really became self-aware of the unhealthy relationship I had with my own mind. And also ultimately mm. what you need to remember is the thoughts in your mind, you're the only one that can hear them. And so mm. it's not actually a true reflection of who you are because they come in and you can learn to manage it and control it. Um, and ultimately your own mind can be your enemy or your best friend. Um, so you've just got to learn those techniques to find that, that careful relationship. And I think, yeah, that started at school for me. Um, but it's, I think everyone, everyone's very different, really. No, it's a beautiful thing that you've said, and I think one to always highlight, because I think what, what they don't teach uh, you know, when we are younger is that we're going to develop differently than the person next to us, that we come from two different genes. And I think... You know, I was, you know, bullied in, in the sense of, uh, of because of my size and certain occasions. But I don't look back at that necessarily defining me um, and my, you know, progression of self-awareness. I think I definitely dealt with it similar to what you're talking about. You know, I had social anxiety at specific periods of my teenage years in which my early teenage years, I would say, before I started modeling in which you know, kept me from not going to school as well. And they were my own social anxieties with my own self, right? It wasn't necessarily my social anxieties towards um, being around others necessarily. It was more of the, the lack of self-love that I had towards myself and me trying to deal with my emotions. And I think uh, at that age, you know, emotions can run high and no one tells you that it's okay to not be okay. No one mm. says like, Sometimes it's okay to like have really, really high emotions and really, really low emotions and in between emotions. And so sometimes your mind goes into a spiral of like, I don't know how to control this and this isn't normal and I don't know who I am, you know? And thankfully, like I was saying before, creativity was my outreach, my, my release. You know, I always knew I wanted to be an actor and I, I had a, 
a coach on the side who really was just more of like a therapist. I would go and we'd do some scenes and it was like a freeing place for me to like strip away all my layers and be vulnerable through another person and, um, you know, find ways in which that I could actually verbalize what I was feeling, but through somebody else's story. And then, you know, take another layer of that. I had an art studio at our house that I used to just, you know, my parents were so amazing. They understood they understood without having to vocal, like verbalize the correct answer that I was dealing with emotions and that I needed to put it into something that felt familiar. And for me, it was creating. And so I would sometimes not go to school when I'd sit into my art studio for hours and just create. And, uh, you know, I was very blessed that I had a, a mom and a dad who understood that that's what I needed in that period of my life. Um, and I think I hope to encourage others to understand that it's okay. Like it's okay to not be okay all the time. And especially when you're of that age, we need to be projecting that into a curriculum more than anything. I completely agree with what you said, because when I was at school, it was exactly the same with you that I used acting as a kind of an escape but also a yeah. way, a place for expression as well. Mm-hmm. Like doing that was like my like my safe place, the happy place, the safe haven, the, the the community of friends that I specifically had. I remember vividly that we were just so close as a group of friends, and that was our place that we were allowed to do it, and we could express ourselves, and we could be other people, and we can tell these stories, and that's just the place to be. Um, and but again, as you say, everyone is different. Everyone's got their own. Their own but, so I would, I always say to anybody, you know, no matter if you want to be an actor professionally, it is so beneficial for the younger generation to get into the arts just to be able to express themselves because they start to understand where their emotions come from and how to be able to categorize them and put them into something and not be afraid of them. You know, I think what we forget is like, we're here to feel. So like, yeah, we have challenging days, but on those challenging days, remind yourself that like, if you didn't feel, then what would life be? You know, if you didn't, if you didn't, if you didn't express how you were uh, able to articulate a surrounding or a situation, then it would just be that you were living on autopilot and we're here to feel, we're here to evolve, we're here to experience. And all of that is going to come with our emotions going up, down and in between. So instead of being afraid of them, let's just validate them and let's express them openly to a community of people who are willing to talk about them. And I think that's probably what you felt with your you know, group of advocates is that everybody there was willing to talk openly about their emotions. So you didn't feel like you were judged. So you were like, oh, this is awesome. Like I can come in here and I can play with you. But at the same time, I can tell you that like I'm sad today and you're still going to be my friend. Let's rock and roll. You know, so like, <laughs> it's, it, it's like, you know, how do we, how do we protect more of that? I completely agree. No, you're absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head. You know me, you know me too well already. Now I'm curious <laughs> to ask you, is there anything, a piece of advice perhaps that you would have given your younger self? If you can reflect on it now, is there anything that you would like to have known or a piece of advice that you could extend to yourself at, at a younger age? You know, it's always just trust yourself to know that it's going to be okay, you know, and to know that there's so much beauty in being you and that you're okay. You're going to be just fine. <laughs> just just sit, sit, sit in this trusting, you know, I think that uh, as, as we are, as we are younger, we start to doubt um, 
and allow others' opinions to take a hold of our own opinions of ourselves. And so as you get older, I think you start to peel away these layers of really getting to see yourself for you. And so, you know, what I would say to anybody and even to myself as a younger person would say, you know, just don't allow others' opinions to take a hold of the greatness that you are because the greatness that you are will be able to be lived in that trustworthy place and you'll be able to hopefully use that voice um, in encouraging others to do the same. Beautiful. Really, really lovely. Now, I ask this question to every guest that comes on and I'm, I'm very curious as to know what you have to say because I feel like you really capture the essence of, of this podcast. But what does the word headstrong mean to you? What does the word headstrong mean to you? I think there could be multiple meanings in what headstrong means to me on a different day, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I think head, headstrong to me today, let's put it in that way. I think what does headstrong mean to me right here, right now? Yeah. I think headstrong, headstrong means being able to feel grounded in your self-awareness and self-acceptance. Headstrong means that you feel like no matter what life throws at you, your connection to your ever-evolving being is strong enough to handle the good and the bad. Um, yeah, I think that's what headstrong means to me. I really, really like that. Well, look, Haley, I have absolutely loved having you on. This is really, really important conversation. And I think that you really do capture um, everything that I'm trying to represent. So you're an absolutely dream guest. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank um, you. No, I love speaking with you. Uh, I think it's been a, it's a really important conversation. And long may it continue. And um, I wish you all the best with all your, your future endeavours. Yes! Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's great to have teamed up with The Good Level, a British CBD company who share a similar ethos to that of Headstrong. The Good Level co-founders, Joe and Johnny, believe in CBD as it's helped them and their families with their physical and mental well-being. Whether that's using their balms to recover from physical exercise or using their oils to manage stress and anxiety or to get a better night's sleep. The Good Level has well-being at the very centre of their brand. As we've partnered up with them for this season, you can get a 15% discount off all their orders using Headstrong15 at checkout. And if you're not sure about CBD yet, no worries. Joe and Johnny are always happy to chat and answer all your questions. You can contact them via their website or check out their Instagram at the.good.level. And that's Headstrong15 at checkout. And that is it for this episode of Headstrong, this bonus episode. I want to say a huge, huge thank you to Hayley Hasselhoff for joining me. I really enjoyed it and I hope that you did too. I also want to say thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to Headstrong, by all means hit subscribe. Not only have we just started season six, meaning we've got at least another 10 guests to come, I have also recorded with nearly 60 people, so I've got a whole catalogue of episodes and there will most definitely be an episode there for you. For now though, if you want to leave a rating, 
please do subscribe as well and leave a review. Send it to your family and your friends if you think that they will enjoy this episode. I will be back on Monday with another episode of Headstrong. Thank you so much for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style.